Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Uh, so, uh, the campaign is Horror on the Orient Express. Uh, it's available from Chaos. I am the Keeper of the Secrets, and this is Episode 7. Our recap will be given by David Gasway as his character, Dr. Roland Kurtz. But before we begin, I would like to announce that we have a new patron. A Jordy Rose has pledged a whopping $20 a month. That is incredibly generous. Thank you so much, Jordy. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you, Tom. In the early afternoon or late morning, we were happy to welcome back Dr. Dabrowski who proved less than forthcoming about his misadventures in Scotland. Some discussion led us to part ways for a few hours. Dubrowski and Bloch visited the Charenton Asylum. They learned that director Etienne de Place had died recently in a supposed accident involving the electroconvulsive machinery. The new director, Francois Leroux, met them and allowed them access to boxes of old disordered records. They found nothing on Yanavar, but learned of irregular and untoward events in the asylum cellar conducted by a former member of the staff now incarcerated there. First of us drove to the quaint little city of Poissy. The church there is ancient, the priest friendly, but not terribly helpful. First, B and I visited the town hall and obtained a reproduction of the plants for the original Chez Genevard from the year 1712, on perhaps then the grounds of a previous convent. We got directions to the place. Gathering together again, we find the site of the old estate, where now a doctor, one Christian Lorien, and his family live. The external wall of the compound still stands, the house within much smaller than Chez Genevard. And it's a very friendly small family, though the daughter has a strange rash on her arm, which her physician father has been unable to treat. Strikingly, her Dr. Lorraine had months earlier received an odd letter from a fellow calling himself Edgar Wellington, writing from Lausanne, Switzerland. Miss Wellington, who claims possession of an old Byzantine scroll wrote in search of the Sedef Kar simulacrum. He has not received any reply as of yet. All right. So you are all still at Dr. Lorien's as the afternoon uh, goes on. Um, the sun goes down. Uh, you enjoy a very pleasant evening with them. Um, Veronique is a very good hostess. Uh, she prepares a very nice meal. Uh, you, uh, you all have a lot of good conversation. Um, around 8 p.m., uh, Kitari is taken up to bed, uh, but the rest of you stay downstairs. You set brandy. Uh, you... Uh, smoke pipes or cigars, and uh, you listen to beautiful music on uh, their uh, record player, their phonograph. Um, uh, 
Veronique and uh, Dr. Gabriel um, seem to really hit it off. Uh, they both like opera very much. Um, you listen to various pieces, um, but um, Veronique is very enamored of uh, uh, an up-and-coming diva, uh, Caterina Cavallaro, beautiful soprano voice. Uh, she went and saw her in, uh, 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 in Paris with her husband uh, at a concert. Um, and things go fairly well. The doctor speaks with, you know, Dr. Edison uh, about medical things, asking about what he thinks, where he thinks things are going, how, how uh, French uh, medicine and American medicine and English medicine all differ and how they, their approaches are, are different. Uh, but all in all, I'd say you're relaxed and you're all also very excited about what you're going to do tomorrow morning to see if you can find this treasure as uh, Dr. Lorian keeps calling it. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting. Um, uh, Mr. Do uh, Dr. Dorian, you said you were an archeologist. Uh, do you think we'll find anything significant? Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm unsure I wouldn't know without proper looks, but going by the history and that, I would assume we will find plenty. From my experience, especially historic sites. How, how far down do you think we're going to have to go to find the basement? I, do, I wouldn't say that far because we've got the, the house, the foundations probably wouldn't have changed too much. Everything's near enough going to be the same, so... Obviously, it's shrunk in size, but uh, I wouldn't say too far down. It shouldn't take too long. Well, we'll certainly see. It could have all, I suppose, could have collapsed in or fallen in, but uh, That's the I would risk think there would have been some, some evidence in the yard yeah. of that. And there's well, not. I can, well, my plan of action, anyway, is do a quick survey, proper, you know, good look around uh, but if it has the risk we've got to take is that it could have collapsed in underneath we, we don't know what the state of it will be so but that will be something we cross along the way well it's it's fortunate because i mean it's winter so we don't have a vegetable garden going and we don't have anything that we can't dig up and fix I've got a full tool shed full of uh, tools for digging in the garden. That'll be very helpful. We that should be, be helpful. Uh, we should be quite, uh, quite, uh, what time do you want to start in the morning? Uh, I will be up bright and early just to uh, get, as I said, get a survey of the land, just get a feel for it and really maybe do a few small digs in certain areas just to see what we're uh, dealing with. It's all very exciting. Uh, the uh, external wall uh, is uh, uh, older by far than inside, yes? Oh, yes, it's the original. Yeah, and the roses growing there also predate your establishment here? Most of the, uh, most of the vining roses, yes, they mm. have always been here. Um, 
I believe the species is Don Juan. Um, they all bloom flame red all at the same time. Almost within the same day, the entire uh, wall becomes a blaze of red. Uh, it's quite beautiful. And then it stays blooming all, all summer long. Um, the tea roses my wife and I have planted uh, made a small formal garden in front of that garden. It makes a beautiful backdrop for the roses. Mm. And we've done, we've done pretty well. Our, uh, our roses have, uh, are, are very large, very beautiful. Mm. All different varieties. The continuity should help us somewhat in locating if this uh, uh, copy of the old map is correct, we'll have some sense of where things might be. I mean, in the, uh, comparing the two, the, it looks like the pond out front is still kind of in the same spot. So it seems like we could line it up some, somehow. That way we have some semblance of an idea where to start. We're looking at the map, at the, the old one, the pillars in the bottom and the lower left, they sort of, if you go two pillars in from each corner and two pillars up, cross-reference where that uh, where it looks like it might be an entrance to a cellar. Uh, it looks like we'd be with the current property layout. It looks like it would be in the in the upper left-hand corner of the vegetable patch, maybe just a little bit outside of it. We may not even have to bother the vegetable patch. Well, that's, that's where we'll start then. That's excellent. Hmm. Um, do you show him your maps? Yeah, do we actually have two maps, two drawings? We have only, I believe, the uh, uh, photostat of the we historic the, map. Uh, yeah, the historic. Wow. Okay. We are comparing that by eyeballs. Okay. Yeah, but it, we walked it, around, we saw the, the current wall. I'm just kind mm. of sizing it up. But if you, if you do show that to him, he points out that on the, on the, the blueprint itself, it says cave, which is the, the cellar. Mm. Yeah. So there are the stairs. That's... Yeah, degrees. That's probably right where it is. Mm. Um, I don't believe there's any plumbing in that area, so um, we've never encountered any pipes, you know, during our gardening out there. Uh, Delicious yes. work, by the way. Thank you. So we have our work cut out for us. Bloch, um, shall we go back to the hotel? And um... as as you guys are planning that, all of a sudden, from upstairs there comes a loud little girl scream. She screams and uh, he looks up and uh, Veronique stands up and uh, she says uh, she's probably having a nightmare and she starts to move uh, out of the parlor and you can hear her on the steps. Boom, 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 boom. Kitari comes running down the stairs. Mommy, mommy. And she starts yelling out, croquet me ten, croquet me ten. Yeah, I, I fluent in French. So what's she saying? Um, the mitten biter is about as close. I mean, if the you're translating biter. it literally, the mitten biter, the mitten biter. I just sort of quietly inform um, the mitten biter. Uh, he says, he says, uh, uh, the doctor stands up. He's like, uh, it's, it's your bedtime. You're, you're having a bad dream. No, no, Papa. Uh, 
Croquemitin, he's looking mm-hmm. in my window. And she says, that, that's, that's being, you're being very silly. There's, there's no such thing. Um, he notices the quizzical look sort of on all of your faces. And he says, um, how do you say in uh, English, uh, the boogeyman? Oh. Oh. And she says, oh. Uh, you hear Veronica, uh, Keithity, let's, let's go back to bed. You're on the second level. There's nobody who can look in your window. Um, and they start back up, but mommy, but mommy, up they they go. Are both parents going up? No, uh, the doctor is like, um, forgive my you know, doctor. She's a little girl. She hears fairy tales. And she uh, gets frightened. And there's no, are there windows near us looking out in the direction where she, her, her side? So sure. can I just kind of go over there and look out, see, is there any weird commotion outside? Uh, you look out, you see absolutely nothing. But you're surprised at first because you can see the yard pretty clearly. There's a bright moon and you mm-hmm. realize that a little bit of snow has fallen. Um, just, ah. just a flurry, just enough to coat things in white. So it's very bright outside at the moment, but you you see nothing. No. Hmm. Um, yeah. Would 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 your daughter feel better if uh, I, I'm happy to uh, take a smoke and and would your daughter feel better if if I was to just walk around outside of the house just to assure her that there's no such thing as a boogeyman? But you, you can be my guest. But yes, uh, she's uh, she's very excitable. Mm. Right. Yes, Doctor, no. I'll join you if you don't mind. I feel oh, like please, fresh air. Yes, absolutely. Don a light jacket, light a cigarette, and begin a, a patrol out, checking out the 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 sky and the moon and the right. Um, yeah, you can see on the horizon all the way around, there are low clouds um, directly at the moment. The stars are out and the, and the moon. So it must have been just a passing flurry. Um, it's maybe only an inch thick. And when you step onto the snow uh, and pull your foot away, it leaves a very clear, you know, you've pretty much crushed the snow out of existence. It's just water now on the, on the brownish lawn. Um, you, uh, you walk around the house and there is no, there is no disturbance at all. You see her, the little girl's, uh, window. There is no balcony. There is not even a, you know, a little thing under the window. It's just a window. Um, there's no ladder. There's and no if we see if we see there. the mother or the child up there, just give a little wave. Well, you can't see them because they're up there, but uh, you do see the, the shadows moving around. You know, sure. She's... I didn't know if they may come to the window just to, right. you know, maybe mom is bringing her to the window. See, there's no one here. And then she might see us out there and we go, hey, see. <laughs> <laughs> Put a cigarette out on the. Uh, the doctor's eye. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's clearly no disturbance of any physical nature out here. It is a child's imagination. Clearly, 
clearly a child's imagination. All right. Oh, this snow. Well, hopefully it doesn't uh, freeze the ground or, or make uh, tomorrow's excavation difficult. It's not particularly cold. I mean, it's, it's chilly. It's chilly enough to snow, but it's, it's not a deep freeze. It, it, at most an inch at double freeze if it stays this colder, a little colder, I think. Mm-hmm. And we popped right through that. Um, so anything else outside or do you want to go? Away? No, just make a make a perimeter walk and then uh, okay. you know be done with a cigarette and probably ready for some warmth. So when you when you walk around the back side, um, you definitely can see the edge of the where the garden is. So you're thinking it's, it's right there. Right there. Is where you're going to start. Yep. Oh, all right. So you make a circuit of the house and you come back inside and, and you sit down and things are calm. Nothing else happens. Um, and uh, you said you were ready to go to the hotel. Yep. Which it's by now you've moved your car here but it's literally you know five minutes walk unless you wanted to drive ah yeah it's a pleasant evening with just a little bit of snow coming down quite quite charming you all have have winter clothes you brought them with you so (laughs) you're not really cold yeah since we leave more of them here if anyone needs the vehicle quickly it's we'll leave it for them We'll be in town where the things are, whatever things there are in this town. Okay. So as you leave um, and the others are still inside, winding down, getting ready to go to the little guest house, you, you leave through where the gate was and you follow your way back uh, along the street. Um, it's like a Christmas postcard. It's very mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, all the roofs have a little light dusting of snow on them. The church tower, r- the steeple rises up in the, you know, against the moon uh, quite dramatically. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'd say it's probably able to probably about 10 p.m. by this time. Uh, you, you come up to the hotel and uh, the lights are on in the reception area. Um, but when you get there, the door is not unlocked, but there is a bell. Okay. I'll uh, push the bell and comment. It's like, France is uh, quite peaceful. Last time I was here was under uh, more more uh, angry terms during the war. Mm. I was fortunately already away. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything ever could happen in a place like this, and it's a thousand years old. Mm. So after a few moments, you see lights, brighter lights come on in the lobby. And a woman, um, she's dressed in a kind of a house coat. Uh, she has a scarf over her head, and you can definitely see she has curlers. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes over and she unlocks the door. 
And without saying anything, she walks away and back around to the other side of the, uh, the counter. Um, she gets there and she immediately lights up a cigarette. Oh, did you uh, speak any French there, Roland? Uh, a little, uh, probably enough for uh, this kind of transaction. Excellent. Uh, you want the room? Yes, thank you, Madame. Two small uh, rooms for at least one night. Oh, you want two rooms? Yeah. We don't have two rooms. We have one room you can share. Smoking well. or not smoking? Non-smoking, how exotic. We don't have non-smoking rooms. We only have smoking rooms. That's what I expected, yes. That. You have baggage? Uh, we have uh, two, two small bags we brought from the car, yes. Our bell boy is not here right now. You have to carry them up for yourself. Please sign here. And she turns the thing around. Um, she points to uh, the rate, which is cheap. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Do you want to wake up call? Uh, we don't have I, wake up calls. We can bang on your door if you want. I'm an early riser. I, I'll be up by, by nine o'clock easily. Do you want breakfast? Oh. You don't have breakfast, I'm guessing. That is correct. We don't serve breakfast. Mm. There is I'm a getting... diner down the street. You can go there. Oh, is good. there anything else I can do for you this evening? Thank you. Uh, I assume there's a washroom at one end of the hall? There, there is a yes, at the end of the hall. Here is your key. Is that to you? Mm. Have a good evening. Yeah. Let's see. Mm. She goes over, locks the door, <laughs> mm. puts out her cigarette, uh, just unceremoniously leaves the room and goes through a door and closes it. Uh, yeah. There's that hospitality I've heard about. Provincial hospitality. I was hoping we would have a schnapps at the bar. There'd be lively conversation. Instead, I think we are two men in one room and there are eight empty rooms upstairs. Yes. Yes. Well, hopefully there's uh, two beds. I snore. Didn't want to have to clean two rooms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you go upstairs. Um, you go to bed, I assume, unless mm -hmm. you have something else you want to do. The scratchy wool blanket is four feet long, and it's pulled up and pulled down and it's, pulled up and pulled down. Actually, the accommodations aren't that bad. Um, you may have just caught her at a bad hour of the night. Uh no, the, the accommodations aren't that bad. There is hot water, a hot running water in the in the bathroom where the shower is. Um, uh, the other three, you guys are at the house. Um, earlier in the day, Mrs. Lorian had gone over to the little guest house 
and made the beds, the four of you, sorry, um, and uh, turned on the heat so that it would be nice and warm when you got there or, or put some fire in the fireplace. Um, and so right about 10 o'clock or so, you guys are shown your rooms, you're, uh, you're sort of, uh, you're, you're free to do whatever you want this evening, now that you're there. What would you like to do other than just going to bed? A Dorian, look, if you look at this map, I'd, I'd swear that this outbuilding we're in would be almost completely over where the old house used to be. I'm wondering if we aren't exactly on top of some of the old cellar right now. Yeah, it could be. That could be true. That's why I kind of, in the morning, I want to do a few small digs just because we don't know how stable it is in the cellar anyway. So if we go to where we can assume, based on the two maps, where the cellar is and just do a few holes in strategic places. If, if uh, the cellar entrance is just right straight across from this pillar, yeah, from this post, and that's that's not under either house. It's just above the garden. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just yeah. saying. Looking at the map overall, it looks like if the cellar follows underneath the mansion, you know, we we. I, I have no quarrels with the entrance. I just want to try to get a sense of. Because just by seeing the top of the cellar, we'll be able to get a little bit of a inkling of um, its uh, state. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And plus, yeah, that's the brilliant place to start. Totally agree. Yeah, I want to. I want to walk around the ground. Uh, th- I assume the uh, guest house is only a single story building. I just want right. to kind of walk around and you know tamp on the floorboards and see if there's anything that seems loose or hollow or you know might be you know some kind of you know cleverly concealed trap door or something like that you know the spot hidden for me oh that's an excellent roll and i think i have a decent spot hidden i have a hard success excellent all right you spend 20, 30 minutes walking around the house, tapping on things and uh, checking anything that looks creaky or, or out of place. You don't find anything. You've convinced yourself there's nothing under the... Pretty thorough search. Okay. Yeah. No hidden compartments or... Death machines. <laughs> <laughs> How about Teddy? Yeah, uh, Teddy, why don't uh, I tell you about Scotland and we can have a chat and a drink about it? Oh, tell me all about it. I'd love to visit one day. Never been there. And I can't remember. Do we have? Uh, do we have any uh, special reading material that I might be able to settle in with as I as I relax for the evening? Um, I mean, there's a few books on shelves in there, just but nothing that we've brought with us. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember anything that we've brought with us. I don't think there's anything uh, too unusual. 
you still have Professor Julian's diary. However, you've kind of agreed that you'll all read that to one another. Probably on the train. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll look and see if there's any uh, any reading material, anything to kind of relax with here in the house. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you find some old novel that uh, you always wanted to read. You uh, you thumb through it. Uh, it's it's in French. <laughs> Le Miserable, maybe. Uh, uh, but uh, I will just say that you know, you, and and you guys share your Scotland stories. Eventually, you guys go to sleep. Okay, I would like everyone to roll. I'm joking. Uh, you wake up in the morning and everything is uh, perfectly fine. You wake up. You you had a fairly decent rest. Um, your beds were soft enough or hard enough, depending on, on what. And uh, the morning is bright. The morning is a little frosty. Um, there's still little traces of snow on the ground. Uh, but you're thinking, you know, by noon, that I'll be melted the sun is out there's no clouds in the sky uh i assume then that you make your way back to uh yeah house oh when we go to the diameter i'll pick up some uh croissants for uh everyone okay and by the time you arrive back at the house with a box of croissants um uh mrs lorian has made some breakfast for everybody and uh you, and coffee and uh whatever everybody wants um the doctor is all decked out in his best um gardening attire uh he has a few pairs of gloves uh he doesn't have you know six pairs of or seven pairs of gloves but uh, somebody can use his wife's gloves if they have little hands. I, I'm but, uh, a fairly small guy. I can use those gloves. And he goes own. out and he goes out and gathers a bunch of tools together. Some a couple of shovels. Um, he's got a square-ended shovel and he's got a, a spade-ended shovel. Nice. And he's he's got a mattock, um, uh, kind of a pick for the garden. And rakes and things like that if you need to rake away dirt. And he, he says to you, he says, I wasn't sure whether perhaps we should lay something down to put the dirt on if we are to dig. Or perhaps we could just, you know, roll it into the garden. There's nothing growing in the garden at the moment. Do, do you have like an area where you'd like us to pile? Maybe. Well, we're literally we going to be right next to the garden. So I suppose that's the, you know, that won't kill the grass. Yeah. If you have a wheelbarrow also, it may be we can refill the holes more easily this way. Yes, that's a good idea too. Um, so he says, now, well, now that we've had breakfast, shall we get to it? Oh, yeah. Thank you for the breakfast. It's really good. We appreciate very much your hospitality and your curiosity. Well, my wife will be Supplying us with uh, whatever beverages we need. Uh, oh. Keep us hydrated as we go. 
Excellent. Yes. And I hope that uh, Kiteri had a good night's sleep after her fright. Yes, yes, she slept after that. Um, it's just typical, you know, children have nightmares. It happens. Mm. Um, is, is it common for, for people around here to, to circulate these stories? I mean, I say people, I mean, I mean children. Is this a local... Oh, the boogeyman? Thing? The... Uh, the, the particular words she used for the for the boogeyman. Croquemitin. It's it's an old fairy story. Um, I think I believe actually it goes all the way back to Charlemagne. Hmm. I believe uh, uh, there's uh, it, it's a, it's a fairly common uh, yeah boogeyman story. I'm sure every country has their own little boogeyman stories. Oh yeah. Don't uh, don't mess with the fairies in the woods, you know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Now, did the uh, little girl? What did she join us for breakfast? And oh, yeah. uh, was her sore uh, looking about the same? Not really. Um, it's still red. Uh, she's not complaining about it at the moment. It doesn't particularly hurt. Um, but um, do a spot hidden roll for me. Gunther? Yeah, because he asked. I've not passed the spot hidden yet. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you can still see that it seems to be, uh, uh, it's not like blistered. It just looks a little bruised. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I want to impress my former teacher, Dr. Dabrowski. So point me at where you want me to start digging, doctor. <laughs> well, I'm going to place markers around. I don't want to go straight for the entrance yet. I know we may want to get there straight away, but I want to do this more in a precise manner. So if we, Teddy, like we discussed the locations of where we think, if we put markers in certain areas and then do a small dig just a cursory dig in each rose areas just to get a lay of the ground um sometimes they say the best laid plans of mice and men um you go out there and you can see right away that uh that uh, dr lorian is uh very excited um He's like, nothing exciting ever happens here. Now something exciting is going to happen. So he goes right to where you guys have figured the spot is. And uh, he starts to dig, you know. He says, it must be around here somewhere. We'll find, maybe we'll find something. Um, mm. So he digs a couple of things into the ground. He doesn't really find anything. You guys probably start joining in. Dr. Dorian yeah. probably goes around maybe probing. Yeah, to see that's if you can find anything. So after maybe 20 minutes or so of probing around, um, uh, Dr. Lorian, he, he, you've dug out maybe about an 18-inch deep hole sort of in the area. It sort, it sort of has a little bit of a trench and so forth. You're trying to find something. Um Dr. Lorian gives it one good 
shovel down. And as he does, you hear a distinct sound of, uh, you know, metal on stone. Um, when he does mm. this, um, the handle of the, the shovel whips back and hits him in the arm. And uh, he grabs his arm and he's like, ah, I have, uh, I have uh, exacerbated my uh, arthritis. And oh. uh, he, uh, he hands the shovel to one of you. And uh, um, he just he's standing there rubbing his arm. He says, I think I hit something, perhaps a, a piece of the foundation or, or something. I will, I will go and investigate. All right. Get a proper you, look at it. You, you start to sort of scoop the dirt away from where he was digging. And what you find is a long, flat piece of stone. It's about maybe seven or eight inches wide, maybe about four inches long. Uh, and it's flat. And it looks very much like a step. Mm. Well, we'll see we if there's a, another one. <laughs> we have a step, yeah. yeah. Might as well keep going. I, did, I didn't get anything much from the survey. The step seems in reasonable condition. Well, do a, Dr. Dorian, do a, no, you've, you've got this knowledge. Um, you immediately go to either side of the step and start sort of probing. And you realize that right about at that same level, there is probably a rectangle under the dirt, about 18 inches down. Um, it's about five or six feet wide and then probably 10 or 15 feet this way. So this is definitely a stairwell that's dropping down. It's completely filled with dirt. Okay. Mm. But it's definitely, you're pretty sure this is exactly what you're looking for. I just, well, we've got, we've got the stairwell. It's reasonable condition, but this is yeah let's start transferring all this yeah. dirt in this stairwell out to the garden there's probably a door down there so we can clear away and clear I out hope. that clear out to the door I hope uh, before was. we before we get into it in earnest i just want to check the doctor's arm make sure that he's uh you know he didn't fracture it or you know check see if there's any bruising um, he says he just sort of whacked it good, and he's had a problem with arthritis for years. Um, and it's just, you know, he was very, he was a little too overly excited and uh, wasn't being careful with it. Well, why don't you go inside and get some water, maybe take uh, uh, some uh, pain relief. And uh, we'll get started on clearing out this uh, this stairwell. All right. So yes, what he actually ends up doing is he goes inside for just a few minutes, and then he brings out a couple of chairs from the kitchen <laughs> and sets them on the lawn or what the lawn would be right near you know the uh, the back door, um, so that he can sit there and watch. Veronique joins him. Keithy joins him. 
they all sort of sit there watching. But after 10 minutes or so, the little girl's wandering away. <laughs> and you know, she's yeah. she's not gonna stand for this. Um all right. And we go, we enter a digging montage. Yeah, me, digging me and, montage. with me and Teddy taking the lead going like right. in charge because oh, I have experience Teddy's do, do we do we sing sea shanties while we dig? Yeah. What do you sing while you dig? I, we have digging shanties. Uh, You're in France. <laughs> Frère Jacques. D- Devo's, yeah. Devo's working in a coal mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's what happens. Um, after about two feet, after the second stair, um, the ground gets just turns into hard pack. It's pretty pretty hard down at this level. It hasn't been disturbed for 150 years. Um, uh, it's also really dry. The stuff up on the near the surface was still a little damp, a little moist, but now it's getting pretty dry and rocky. And you're having to use the mattock more than anything else. Um, you ram it in. Loosen up the dirt a little, and then the shovelers can sort of shovel it out. Mm-hmm. And you find that it's it's a lot harder work than you imagined it would be at first. Uh, uh, you hit the third step, the fourth step, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, uh, and they just seem to still be going and going. Um, around noon, uh, Veronique brings you refreshments. She brings you sandwiches that she's made. Uh, you guys take a little bit of a break. Um, uh, Dr. Dorian, do a do an archaeology roll. Uh, that's 22, which is a hard success. Okay. You do a little bit of math. You think based on the size, you've probably by now also uncovered the rectangle yeah okay and you can see that there's the 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 whatever it is goes on it's just now there's a ceiling on it um based on the the width of the stairs and the way that they're going downward in the angle you're guessing maybe 18 stairs maybe 20 somewhere around there before it should level out uh into the into whatever is underground um As you guys are getting ready to go back to work, um, there is a clatter of uh, glass, and Veronique drops the tray with the glasses on it. Um, One of them breaks. Uh, Mostly it's the sound of ice hitting the metal tray and uh, going to the ground. Um, She immediately bends down, picks the things up, and starts towards the kitchen. But as she is moving towards the kitchen, uh, those of you who look and see her, notice that she's also rubbing her arm. Mm. Like the same kind of same spot where the doctor was rubbing his? Or the Uh, daughter? The doctor and the daughter and Veronique are all favoring their left arm. Hmm. I... This I do find that interesting, and so I want to um, 
kindly approach them and ask if I could have them all sit together and I want to examine them together and examine their, their, their wounds, see if there's any similarities. Well, perhaps, I mean, do you want to do that now? Where are you? If you're probably not thinking you're a doctor. Um, yeah. Well, how many people can fit into a stairwell? To right. Dig, that's right? true. That's but, true. But uh, I might, one of us might need to stay to translate though. Or do they speak English? They speak English. They, they do. They okay. speak English oh, they, well enough. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Keith and he doesn't speak English, but uh, mm-hmm. but the doctor does. She understands um, the slap of a hand. <laughs> uh, so they go up. They they sort of clean up a little, you know, because um, and they'll sit there in the chairs while you examine them. Why don't mm-hmm. you do a medical roll? fantastic it is an extreme success excellent okay um so kitty you examined yesterday her nothing's changed she seems to have a red rash uh there is no swelling uh there are no like bumps or anything on her skin um there seems to be a little bit of bruising and she's a little tender in that arm but she's way too young for anything like uh, arthritis, unless she's got some bizarre disease, but you don't see any signs of anything like that. Dr. Lorian, uh, I mean, there's no visible signs of arthritis, but he tells you what the pain is like uh, and that it flares up every once in a while. Um, It seems to be in his shoulder and in his wrist mostly. Uh, and it's you know, a little bit like fire, uh, but it's not always there. It only flares up. Veronique says exactly the same thing, that um, she thinks that maybe she slept on it wrong or, you know, that, uh, that she's always had a little bit of problems. Well, not always. When you've got an extreme. Go ahead. Extreme. When ha- did you all start feeling this? Um did it all have a similar time that it started? Is, was there any injuries or anything that precipitated this? Well, as one gets older, one doesn't really pay that close attention to the first time. But because you've got an extreme, you begin to put two and two together. Their ailments seem to have started when they purchased the property and moved in. And how long ago was that? A few years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Back to everybody else. As you are digging down, you, uh, the day is wearing on. It's, it's hard labor. So it's probably about four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, The sun is getting lower in the sky, but you've gotten down about to the 18th step. And as you're moving, you're sort of moving down and forward at the same time. You strike something that is wooden, Um, but it's not perpendicular. It seems 
like maybe it's the edge of a large wooden door, but the door has also fallen in, or it might be damaged in some way. And you do see bits and pieces of charring and stuff like that on the wood. As you continue probing sort of forward, there's a moment when the dirt gives way and you realize that you have sort of broken into a hallway. It's a stone hallway. The, uh, by the way, I also wanted to say that the stonework as you're going is pretty solid. It's, it's, it was well done at the time. Uh, everything is mortared. Everything is together. There's little bits of roots and things that have been cracking their way through the probing their way through. Um, so, yeah. When you mentioned solid, so so we're not getting a sense like this might cave in on top of us? No, it doesn't seem like that at all. Nice. Okay. that's. It, it, it seems like it was built to withstand the weight of the whole house on top of it. Yeah, so okay. this little bit of dirt that's on top of it is not that much weight. Um, you begin to clear the entrance to this. And... Uh, realistically you probably don't clear the entire entrance and polish it and make it look beautiful it's basically a hole in the dirt um but you can see that it opens into a hallway that goes off into the darkness um you can see that there is a great deal of detritus right inside the door you can see burnt pieces of wood uh you can see a clogging of tree roots up ahead um and dirt and rubble and stuff on the floor. Not a great amount of it. And you can see that 10 feet away from you, there's much less of it. Um, so it's only where the dirt's pushed its way into the, the entrance. Um, what do you want to do? Um, did we bring, I don't, I don't know if we brought any lanterns or flashlights. Well. Well, it uh, seems reasonable that if you knew what you were getting yourselves into. Yeah, I would have brought, at least had it in the car. So once sure, we get yeah. dug yeah, out. Yeah, I would have made sure we had everything. Just so, if we're doing it. This is uh, the day and age when flashlights, you know, torches. Electric torch. Maybe. Click it, click on the uh, electric torch and kind of shine it down the, uh, hall, down the hallway, so to speak. You can see... That, I mean, the beam of your light is not extremely bright. So it, it definitely illuminates walls going off into the distance. Um, uh, you can't see where they go, but you can see they at least go 30 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, you see no far wall yet. Um, the smell, the smell inside is very earthy, um, like what you would expect inside of, a, uh, you know, something that you just dug, dug through all that dirt. Uh, there's no odd smell or anything like that okay, it just well. smells it smells a little stale the air hasn't seen the light of day in 150 years i think i should go to our uh homeowner and advise him that uh veronique and kitari might uh, be better occupied inside because we fear that there might be some disturbing things we find under here buried mm. secrets they have gotten cleaned up because they were examined by the doctor, but they want to stay sitting on their little chairs right above the, 
a hole and mm-hmm. find out what's going on. You guys can yell. They don't want to go down there because it's dirty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even, even Christian doesn't want to go down there. He was so yeah, excited earlier. Yeah, he's still he's still excited, but he's already changed and cleaned up, and we've examined them, and he's in his good clothes again. And, and uh, he is unmoved by the suggestion that there may be things down there are too disturbing for children and and well, he doesn't want kids to see anything. Yeah, if yeah. there is something, please yeah, shield the children, shield mm-hmm. well, my wife and daughter from it. Very good. Mm-hmm. And I- perhaps you have a couple of. Uh, Oil lanterns or something. So we. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna borrow the, not an oil lantern, but maybe a, a candle with one of those hurricane glass yeah, enclosures on it. Lamps. You know. Yes, mm-hmm. they do have hurricane lamps, but they are there are they're um, kerosene. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, once uh, I've already got the light, I'm gonna guess I'll just step on it, step in, on in, okay. cross the threshold. You have to sort of climb in, because like yeah, I said, I got, you didn't, you didn't yeah. do the whole entrance, but my, uh, where but you can get in. My belly knocks enough dirt out of the way for everyone. Okay. All right. Uh, the cool, walls... Kool-Aid man's his way in there. <laughs> oh, yeah! Uh, there is evidence that the floor down here is just flagstone. Um, it's uh, flat. Uh, uh, the time and possibly tree roots and stuff like that have pushed some of them a little uneven. So walking, just want to be careful not to, you know, trip and fall. Mm-hmm. Um, the walls, you're not sure, but it looks like at some point they might have been painted. Uh, there's evidence of bits of flaking paint but not very much of it because it's been 150 years. And there's moisture and, mm-hmm. and so forth down here. Um, if there's a small, the- if there's a small rug, I make sure to wipe my feet because I don't want to be yeah, rude and track no dirt rug. in around in here. Uh, there's no, there, um, there are some places on the wall. It looks like kind of like wall sconces. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are somewhat damaged, um, but uh, for the most part, you would guess they were originally like oil lamps that uh, that were affixed to the wall to provide light down here. You can see up ahead, there are a great many tree roots um, that have broken through the walls and the ceiling that sort of hang down into the into the chamber, you're almost thinking it would be easier to chop your way through if you had something. You probably could just push it all out of the mm-hmm. way or squeeze through. I've got a go. good-sized hunting knife. Might that pack some of the medium and smaller yeah. ones? Yeah, you can start uh, working on some of that, but I would like you to do a spot hidden roll. And you guys, I guess you guys too, if you're watching, if mm-hmm. you're right next to him in the lantern. <laughs> 95. It's a hard success. 89. It is very dark down here. I got yeah. a 99, so I oh, wasn't paying attention. My, my eye. I rolled a 99. What happened to my eye? I do, you, Gunter. 88 fail. Okay. Um, so, so everybody everybody failed except for Teddy. And I, I got a hard also. So. Uh, All right. So, so Teddy, you're, you're hacking at these things. And... You, you, 
you sort of get the impression that something is grabbing at you. And as you're, you know, you're kind of working your way into these things and you realize as you're looking at these tree roots, they don't seem entirely natural. I mean, you've seen tree roots before and these definitely are wooden tree roots, but they all seem to enter the, enter the chamber as a, as a single root and then branch into five, almost like each one of them was a, a claw or a hand. And some of them are snagging on you. And despite the fact that the rest of you failed, it starts to look as, as Theodore is working on this and you're holding the lantern, the shadows of the lantern are projecting sort of through this. And you notice that it looks like the shadows are all sort of grabbing towards Theodore as he is cutting the tree roots. Uh, I'll just be focusing on the ones closest to me, kind of untangling myself. And I'm not going to go deeper in until I'm definitely untangled. Right. So I just keep hacking at what's immediately with me. And uh, when I see kind of like the shadows doing that, I'm going to kind of like point my light right at the shadow to see, you know, see if it, uh, expecting it to disappear because, you know, I'm thinking it's just a trick of the light. It is. It just seems to be a trick of the light. Um, uh, and Theodore, uh, without much difficulty, you know, you manage the, the roots are not particularly hard. They're kind of soft wood. So you, you clear a, a fairly decent tunnel, you know, through them. Um, and I make it sound like they're really dense. They're not really that dense, but uh -huh. um, there are still some that, that distinctly kind of look like claws. Uh, hanging into the room, but it's just, it's, maybe it's just creepy. Maybe it's just the tree that's, that's causing this. Um, but now like are not all of them have like five, there's some that's six, seven, eight, I'm guessing, or is it all very distinctly a particular shape? Almost just, all of them just have five. Oh, whoa. That is kind of, yeah, it's weird. So maybe it's a trademark of the plant itself. That yeah. This is how it grows, and you're just not aware of it. Yeah, I'm not. A you get through most of the clog. We'll call it the clog. And in this part of the corridor, it's, it's, a lot, it's not cleaner. There's still a lot of dirt and uh, dust and cobwebs. And obviously, you know, bugs can get into this area and worms and things. So there's... There's detritus, but there's not a lot of it. And you can see that the corridor goes on maybe 10 more feet, and then it continues, but it also splits mm. uh, in two directions. We haven't seen any furniture or anything Nothing. to date. Um, but also, the, the ceiling seems to be propped up. There are stone arches that hold up the ceiling. So it's, it's shaped like that as you're walking forward. And this, the stairwell was that we saw, the doorway had charred wood. Are we seeing other burnt materials in here or just you, underground? You okay. So maybe the fire stopped at the door. Yeah, if this perhaps. is all stone down here, maybe that's, that sort of makes sense. And yeah. a lot of the, uh, the wall sconces, when you look at them, you think they're made out of brass. They, they would be historical. They might be worth something. You know, they could be polished up and sold as antiques. 
Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, you get to this T-junction. Should we take the left-hand path? Well, I mean, there's three directions and six of us. We could pair up and try all three. True. Yeah. That's fair. I, I, I'm going to go straight ahead. Who wants to come with me? Uh, maybe it is uh, best for either Gunter or Teddy to go with you. We pair up with me, Teddy, Gunter, with one of you three. Seven. But does since I've got a good sized hunting knife, does one of the directions look like it has more more uh, roots than others? I'll go towards the one with the most roots, so I can be of most help clearing a path. Looking well, no, the roots seem to have dissipated. I mean, there's still roots, but there's not as many. Oh, okay. Uh, you you you've sort of cleared through the clog. There are no trees growing in the living room to send roots down. Oh right. yeah. Under um, the house. True. Standing at the juncture, looking in the directions, um, the road forward seems to just be more corridor. The road on the the the, the cor the corridors on the sides, they seem to have openings along their length. They don't look like they go in very far, maybe 20 feet. Um mm-hmm. Like maybe there were doors going into rooms, but the doors are gone. Hmm. I'll I'll take a look down one of them. I'll say to the left. Yep, that was the way I wanted to go. The left hand, so I'll uh, walk behind Doctor Gabriel. The two yeah, so of you, I, that, I'm with York. The two of you that stepped down the left hand side. Um, you come to a spot that now becomes very obvious that it's a kind of a jail cell. There Hmm. are bars, floor to ceiling. Uh, There is a a latch for opening, but it's, it's chained closed with a big gigantic old uh, rusted iron lock. And inside there are two skeletons they have been chained in such a way that they are kind of overlapping in a very weird way. And they seem to, they're they're just skeletons, but the clothing that was on them is rotted. But it's very obviously that one of them is a man wearing a suit and the other is a bride with a veil on her head. Mm-hmm. They both look from their position that they died in agony. We do a sanity roll. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Uh, 95. Oh, nice. this. <laughs> 19, pass. <laughs> well, uh, Doc, you can, Gunter, you take one point of sanity. Gunter, <laughs> you take 1d4. But in any case, Doctor Gabriel suddenly calls, suddenly yells out. Yeah. Good it. God! All right, I lost two points. Yeah. yeah. I, I uh, you all here and say, "Good God!" <laughs> oh yeah. What is it? You okay, uh, Doctor York? We've got some skeletons down here. Ooh. All right, I turn around and head back. Dorian, come. Let's go see what's going on. Uh, okay. 
when they uh, they're coming down, uh, you said there was two openings. Is the other opening also a jail cell? It is. Okay. And there is also evidence in there that somebody died while being tortured or died possibly of smoke inhalation or something when the place was burned. They certainly weren't rescued. Right. Um, it, I missed that. Is the jail cell door open? Can we open no. it? Oh. it? It's locked. They're like padlocked shut. Locked and rusted. It might be, you might be able to bust it open, but. Yeah, if we hit it with that Matic, it might. Yeah, I have it on. I mean, you want to, you want to go visit the dead? They've been dead for 150 years. I don't think they're going to tell us a story. Well, they already tell a story, but looking you'd, at them. you'd be quite surprised. I'll stand stand back before he swings at that. I don't want metal shards. Oh, are you gonna York, you gonna open it? York, do you want me to open? I I don't yeah, think I'd, it's I'd, worth it, but I I, I definitely want to just check him out uh, more closely. Do we want to discuss this with the homeowner before we break things up under his house? I don't see how he would mind. Okay, Please. So I, let's go back to the right and see what's there. All right, I'm with you, Dr. Kurz. If um, you're right, sure. So you're... While you are banging open, that uh, <laughs> makes a rather deafening sound in this uh, area. Uh, Dr. Rowland, as you look down, as you move down the other corridor, you realize also there are likewise more jail cells like this. Um, and at the end of one of them, you see something smashed on the floor. It, uh, uh, as you look down, there is a woman's face staring up at you from the ground. Uh, you can do a sanity roll. You'll only lose one because you realize that, uh, that it's made out of metal. And what you realize is that it's a Nuremberg virgin. It's a, an Iron Maiden. Uh, uh-huh. But it's been smashed. Yes, Thursby. This is what our brave uh, officer of the peace described, or one of them. I oh, feared God. that they had left people behind to die. This is horrible. Uh, this, at least. Uh, also of interest, I guess, historically... But grotesque. Yeah. Uh, are there also cells on this in this yeah. channel? You no. you you rather quickly begin to realize this is pretty much, uh, I guess, the Viscount's torture chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no body in the in the Iron Maiden, but there are. The, you keep running across skeletons in some of the other cells. Um, there's evidence as you go along of people who've been burned, tortured, chained up, starved. Um, I mean, there's no, there's nothing left of them except skeletons um, and, yeah. and desiccated flesh, if any at all. Uh, how, what is the evidence of fire in this area? Does it appear as though the, the departing authorities killed these people or were they perhaps already dead? It 
it, there doesn't seem to be any fire in this area. Everything is stone. Yeah. You know. No, stone um, chars, but it's been a long time. You, you have no way of knowing and... whether these people were already dead when they found them right. or that they left them all alive down here. Yeah. If the skeletons themselves were black with soot, I would trust that they had died in the fire before, but we don't know that. Uh, I don't know what the authorities... Uh, how the authorities treat something like this. Perhaps, uh, perhaps Dr. Lorian knows, but I, I doubt that. But certainly all these people will require some kind of exhumation and recording and burial. And some of the king's what, soldiers discovered this, right? Yeah. So, so they, they processed it in their manner of the day, but... Yeah, they processed it by setting the place on fire and cursing the man's name. At, uh, you, you pretty much said it. At the moment, this is more archaeological dig than it is anything else. Um, yeah, the authorities would have to be alerted. Probably clergy would be alerted uh, that you'd have to exhume the bodies and give them a proper burial. And, and then it would probably become a tourist trap at some point. Yeah, I'm going to... Which uh, is unfortunate, but... If you'll excuse me, Teddy, I'm going to go uh, out into the air and uh, have a private word with Dr. Lorian, because... Well, certainly. I'll, I'll backtrack, follow, and sort of head towards the others, because I uh, don't really want to okay. stay by you've myself. Realized, <laughs> you've realized at this point that, I mean, there are more side passages, more examples of this sort of stuff it's a little bit of a labyrinth uh but uh but not a not a confusing labyrinth just uh, a fairly extensive labyrinth uh that goes on for a bit there's there's um, no like furniture cabinets storage like obvious fault type things down here maybe or? um there looks like there's a few pieces of wooden furniture that might have been smashed um oh. Oh, I did forget one piece of furniture. Uh, it's obvious that somebody liked to come down here and lay on a divan in front of one of the cells and, you know, snack on grapes and wine while they watch the person being tortured. That sort of thing you do run across. Uh, once Dorian gets the uh, lock opened, assuming that that's not going to be a difficult uh, task, uh, I don't want to disturb the skeletons, but I want to go in, get close, squat down, and take a good look and see if there's any any uh, jewelry or anything that might have, uh, you know, etchings or something that might be able to identify who this unfortunate uh, bride and groom were, uh, just to kind of get an idea on, uh, do a, you know. Do a spot hidden for me. And I'm assuming I don't need to do the sand loss because as the war experience doctor. package and being a doctor, uh, the war experience package says I'm immune to sand loss from viewing a corpse or gross injury. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Although it's still shocking to you. Shocking, yes. Uh, standard success. I'm close to hard. If I need to, I can spend nah. two points. What you begin to realize is that, yeah, there's no jewelry. There's no indication of who these people were. 
Uh, they were dressed in these things uh, as they were tortured. It was some sort of sick joke. Uh, the, uh, there's no evidence that they had on any undergarments or anything like that. Uh, this was almost as if they were, they were tied up or chained up to make a kind of a bloody picture so that, you know, for the amusement of whoever was watching, uh, they were never meant to survive. How foul. Somebody is, it was incredibly, yeah. Apparently the Viscount was really nuts. So Roland has left to go and talk to uh, the family. Um, um, uh, Gabriel Gunther, do, do we, do we have a, good sense that these areas here to the left and right have been pretty much reviewed i yes i think so i mean various people just left to suffer for someone's uh sadistic enjoyment this is, this is beyond grotesque this is this is a place of evil i don't like being here uh, i'll raise i'll raise my lantern and go, then let's continue on and see what else is to be discovered. Dr. Roland, uh, you uh, climb back out, dust off some of the dirt, um, and uh, they're sitting, sitting there um, excited. So what, what did you find? Have you found anything yet? Mm. A couple of things. There is uh, there are antiques down there, um, matters of interest. Uh, Excuse me, if you uh, if you will permit me, Madame Veronique, I think uh, it would be a good time for you to take Mademoiselle Kitari for a, a, a small walk. Okay, so she she looks at her husband and she she takes Kitari and they go in the house. Yeah. What what did you find? I'm afraid, Monsieur, that there are uh, atrocities underneath your home. Uh, there, are the evidence of the remains of many murdered people. Um, I uh, I would like to offer you uh, to come and stay in the in the uh, hotel downtown with us tonight, rather than sleep over this place. I think we will want to uh, make a thorough investigation of the cellar before we introduce the authorities but the authorities are going to have to be involved. There are human skeletons, numerous. It's, um, it's a yes, yes. filthy, dis indescribable place down there. 150 years old, so yes. Yeah, try and, uh, but numerous and uh, in not accidents of fire, but victims of cruelty, you see. How very horrible. Yeah. This Viscount of yours must have been a monster. So it would seem, yes. So I will, uh, perhaps that's a good idea. Um, yeah, or if there's family or to stay with farther away, yes, please discuss with uh, the lady of right. the house. Yes. But we were, are happy to make accommodations uh, if we can be of any help. We have uh, some fund for this investigation. I, I, think I, sh I should like to come and see myself also, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, let me uh, 
perhaps Tibet. Yeah, we could send the ladies into town for tea or something and uh, and come and see for yourself. There's no reason for you to take our word, but it is, you will want to brace yourself. Right. Um, And he goes into the house. Are you going to go back, Dr. Roland? All right. So Dr. Roland is following behind you by about, you know, 40 feet or so. Um, Quick, let's hide and scare you. As you guys are, you know, you find some more evidence of of some of this. I would like you all to do spot hidden holes as you guys are moving along. A success, just a regular. 29 is just shy of a hard success. Okay. So who succeeded? Hands up. All right. So at this point, you guys are all together again. Um, You're finding a a few other gruesome uh, skeletons. Uh, But those of you who passed your spot hidden, there is something farther down the corridor, um, there's a glint of light, almost like a bluish light that seems to be, you'd almost guess like, you know, moonlight or or something that seems to be filtering in from somewhere. Uh, Maybe there's a room there on the side, but there's just nothing that should be causing light but you don't distinctly see it the more you look you can see there's definitely something there if we uh, close our lanterns is it easier to find this yeah it's very because it, it goes pitch black yes definitely yeah. there is a bluish light and if you do that then everybody notices it huh some sort of bioluminescence plant or some sort of possibly. Mm. I'd like you all to do a. We have awareness. Let's do another spot hidden, but um, it's not really for visual. Uh, a hard success. Eighty-one. 90, oh my eyes. Ninety-seven. Jeez. Okay. Hard success. Those of you who succeeded, as you're standing there looking towards the blue light, uh, you suddenly get a whiff of something on the air. Roses? Huh. What anyone, else, anyone else getting that scent? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they burnt incense down there in between torture scenes. Hmm. Yes. You know, the, there are roses that grow in the garden outside mm. that uh, the Christian's quite proud of. Hmm. Now, the, the wood of the cherry tree smells like cherries when it burns. I don't know if rose roots smell like roses. No, hmm. no. I think we should just take care uh, going forward. But, uh, yeah. yeah, certainly. Uh, so uh, does this uh, inflorescence have a shape? No, it seems to be coming into the corridor, perhaps mm. from a side room up ahead. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It looks like it's at the end of the corridor too. It just looks like there's a wall there. Um, I don't think the the corridor goes any farther than that. Um, I'd, I'd like to. Yeah, I'm going to start walking toward it. I mean, you know, just figure it right. out. We've been up late. Dinner is going to be. I, I recommend. I would like to turn our flashlights back on because oh, I, yeah. I don't want to rely on the glow it, because there could be holes in the ground, roots that are dark we can't see. Yeah, once we have a good direction, certainly. You're figuring too, by this time, in the distance you've walked, you might not actually even be completely under the Lorian property anymore. Oh, wow. You know. Um, you move up ahead and the light gets somewhat brighter as you approach. You're definitely sure there is a source of illumination that is f- flooding into the corridor from uh, the path where the passage turns. Um, who is first? Who is second? Who is third? Who is? You can fit maybe three of you side by side. Actually. I'll, I'll uh, be in the front rank just so I can have the knife handy to clear. Yeah, um, I'd say me, Gunter, and Teddy were probably closer to the front. Okay. Keep our doctor safe in the back. Dorian, Gunter, and Teddy, as you sheepishly poke uh, your noses around the corner and take a look. Uh, you are you gasp. Everybody see you see them. Everybody you see them gasp, um, and you know, my God, like this. Um, as the other three look around the corner and see what they see, you're looking into a fairly circular room. The room is realized too. You take this all in in one moment. The room is maybe sixty feet circular and all across the walls on the far end in the semicircle on the course there are roses um there are roses growing floor to ceiling and they are not red they seem to be glowing um with a kind of scintillating color of blues and greens and purples um, they fill the whole room with light, and the smell is intoxicating uh, of roses. Um, there are bits and pieces of broken detritus here and there in the room. Uh, you can see that there are a number of plinths around the edges that are smashed. Um, but these roses, these roses are terrifying and breathtaking i mean they're not the roses this big but um they're glowing huh is this a sanity check yeah seen horrors but this is a different order yeah it's just just one if you fail it's more Ultra fascinating. And they one, glow. Triple zero. Oh, I'll lose one. <laughs> well, you're, you're holding back. They glow not unlike the ship. 
Yeah, the ship on the mm-hmm. lake. Oh. When I saw the blue color, I thought of the ship on the lake. Hmm. And a loss of zero if you were successful. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. They are, from your point of view, about 60 feet away. So they're all <laughs> far away. This, they're, all, they're not around the whole circle. They're on the far no, wall. About, about halfway around, yeah. And yeah, let's, this, uh, let's, enter, the- <laughs> let's enter and go... Uh, Go exa- examine them. See if I my wish, hand, hand goes through it like the ship. I wish we should be careful also of breathing in too much of this scent, I think. Not terrified, but mindful that we don't know if the yeah. scent is healthful. Damn, Gunther, not- did you bring your camera? Uh, I can make a luck roll to see if I remembered. I did. <laughs> Flies out of breath. So Gunter's a little out put out because of his triple zero. Yeah. Uh, but he does have his camera with him. Um, so, uh, Dr. Edison, you said you were going to move across the room towards them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to check it, check this out. All right. Be careful. It's, it's roses. As you move towards the roses, they're not like the ship. They, they have a distinct physicality. You can't see through them. They are somehow roses that are glowing. You, you start to notice that the, uh, the vines, the rose vines are black. And as you get closer to them, you realize they all have nasty looking big old thorns. Um, and they seem to be dripping a kind of black, oily liquid. Um, it might be from that that the smell is coming. Um, they're, they're tangled. They're, they're, they're all tangled with one another. Uh, and uh, Gunter, are you going to take the photographs? Okay. Yes. Gunter gets a good vantage point and he flashes the the camera. And I would like everybody except for Gunter, uh, you, you probably all turn your face away from Gunter. Mm-hmm. So you're looking, actually, you're looking towards the roses when you do that. Um, I'd like you all to do spot hidden. That's 34 is good. Hard success. My turn for the triple zero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at the flash. <laughs> yeah. Well, those of you who passed in that moment of flash, you suddenly realized that the roses are not alone. The roses are intertwined through skeletons that are all chained up to that wall. There's, you know, ropey vines coming out of the eye sockets and going into the jaw and through the ribs and everything else. <laughs> so you guys can do another sanity roll as you jump yeah. and you see no. everybody else. You'll do it later when you when they point it out to you, except for Dr. 15, 15 is a pass, but I'm probably going to 
say some curses and denouncements of evil in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 58 pass, but ah. fail. It's a rough basement for guys. <laughs> well, to sort of add that in there, you could just take a point or two if you have to you. Uh, you also notice that there are bits of those skeletons that still seem to have flesh on them. They're a little, they're not, maybe it's the, the drippings icker, but they almost look gooey. You know, they don't look like they've been down here. For, well, they don't look like they've been decayed or desiccated after 150 years. And they're yeah. all in, they're all in, in, you know, like they're in agony, tortured. And uh, it looks like they're all screaming because their jaws have fallen open and the lines have wrapped around them. Dr. Neruda, what's the matter with you? You not see? You not see the skeletons? We saw plenty of skeletons. What do you mean? The, the, the roses, they've, they've grown through these people. Do you not see them? Look there. Yeah, you there. see them. Oh, yes, it's very unhealthy. Uh, I, I, I want to take a sample of this fluid from the vine, but not touching it directly, just okay. a slide to look at later. All right, as you are doing that, do a spot hidden for me. Fascinating. Uh, that's a regular success. Okay. So you go forward and You've got a slide. You've got something that you're hitting the sample on. You realize that, of course, the skeletons are chained to the wall and the roses are growing up it, but there's a depth to it. There's, you know, a good two and a half foot depth to the, the rose bushes. There's something glinting. There's something brighter than the roses themselves lying on the ground through the the, the, the intertwined vines, uh, you also sort of realize that all of the vines seem to be coming from more or less this area. And as you move your head side to side and look through the vines, you realize that there is an arm. It is lying on the ground, intertwined with uh, things, but it looks like it is made of ceramic. Uh, it is glowing brightly with that purple bluish light, and it looks like it's as smooth as glass, like porcelain. Uh, an arm that seems attached to nothing, or I just can't see. Looks like a looks like the size of a human arm, uh, perhaps a bit of statue. Uh, uh, I, this is the size of a regular arm. A human arm, right? Yeah, and uh, it's sort of posed, you know. Yeah, yeah, fellas, we have an artifact back here. To me, uh, I'm. I don't. I think we should remove it or destroy it. Come, come and see. It's it's all look, and you move back and forth, and you can see that it is. It looks like the arm of a statue. Hmm. A left, a left hand arm. Do you think this could be part of the? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Yeah. Is, this, is the simulacrum life size? I thought it was smaller. Well, Maybe I misremember. 
Are we in that? It was I, my understanding that it was life size. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we have found a piece. And also, we have an explanation for the left arm sickness. Yes. Oh, yes. Teddy, do, are you able to use that, uh, that uh, cleaver of yours to clear out these uh, vines so we can get to it? Sure. Uh, I can try. Watch this, what you touch. Okay, I'll, I'll go steady from the outside. I'm not going to go in deep so I get cut up on my arm, but just on the, on the, uh, towards the outside and I'm going on the bottom. So it's being cut off from the ground where it's coming from. Be careful though, also of the fluid. So maybe we should get gloves. I have only this apron, but maybe. Teddy, maybe I should, maybe give me the knife. I have my gloves on. Sure. I, I, we have to be extremely careful. Um, the rose vines are tough, but uh, they're woody. Uh, and when you cut into them, they bleed that black goop. Um, do a dex roll to see if you are scratched or... Oh, nine. Yeah. Oh, nine. So you manage very deftly to carve away the the vines and you know use the end of your knife to sort of pry them away and uh you open up a hole large enough to where uh the arm can be retrieved you can see it now quite clearly it it does seem to glow and there seems to be like the roses a kind of scintillation all over the, the surface of it what do you guys do can we pull the arm out and get it get it out from under there? Uh, we should, yeah. we should, we uh, should again. I, I would not suggest touching it. I think we should wrap it in something as soon as it's removed. I, yeah. I have the gloves on. Uh, we need some kind something to wrap it. And I was going to say, suggest once I remove it to wrap it up. We don't want. Yeah, if someone has a leather apron or something on, let's wrap it in that. But I am going to remove it. I have my gloves on. Okay. Very, very so, careful, yeah. So, Dorian, you reach in and you, uh, you grab a hold of it. Uh, it feels um, oddly light. Um, uh, it's, it's rigid. It's hard. You know, there's no give to it. It's, it's definitely made out of something like porcelain. Uh, though it's not white, it's kind of purple. Um, you extract it from the uh, thing and you guys look at it for a moment it's very strange indeed looking uh what you wanted you wanted to wrap it up yeah wrap it up okay uh you wrap it up uh spot hidden for everybody it's hard 51 is a pass i also got a hard pass 95. 93. Sorry, no, it's a regular. They're just a regular, not hard. Uh, who failed? Okay. Oh, uh, you're you're looking at the package of you know that he's wrapped up. Yeah. The rest of you are sort of looking around. The roses in the room are the light in the roses is going away. It's fading very quickly. And as you look, there's a moment when the roses 
look like regular roses, but then they start to turn gray and crumble. And within 30 seconds or so, all of the vines, all of the, all of the roses have crumbled into dust like powder, uh, like gray powder on the floor. Is that a sand? Yeah, but it's just one loss if, if you lose anything, because it's weird. I lose one sand. That was really weird. I find this relieving. I passed. Yeah, I, <laughs> this is uh, that's odd. Mm. Hmm. We should, def- we should definitely inspect with arm once we are in more daylight. Get yeah. this out of here. But but you said we walked for for quite a while. Like 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 you think we left like, the property? Like maybe you're probably two hundred feet in at this point. Wow. So you're you're somewhere underneath the properties. But I mean, it's more or less a straight walk to get back out again. You're not you're not lost. Hmm. And th- there's no path to continue on. It it ends in this large. This is the last room, right? So the arm is wrapped up in like a an apron, right? Let's let's get out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe best maybe not to mention this to. I think this is the artifact that we keep to ourselves. Yes, I look through as the before leaving completely. I just take the flashlight and look through the withering uh, 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 debris. To see, are there any other arms? Any anything else that stands out? No, and the light has gone. There's no light except your lanterns in this yeah. room. Hmm. But there is a low, sort of mist along the ground. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, leaving. You start to leave. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, you start down the corridor, and uh, you 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 are passing one junction after another from the side passages and so forth. But as you get to the um, that very first crisscrossy junction where you saw the bride and the other thing, um, you find yourselves very fatigued all of a sudden as you are you're in the corridor and. You suddenly notice that the, the the corridor seems to be filling with this mist, and it's it's acrid. It's it tell, it smells horrible. And you grab your chest, and you can feel a kind of a burning in your lungs. There's a miasma. We need to hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run. Um, everyone, do Constitution rolls. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Ooh. 58, oh. cutting it close, but it's bad. <laughs> Hard success. 48, just success. cutting it. Extreme success. I can drag somebody. Failure. I mean, I got bad constitution, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, Gunter, are you the only one who failed? Gunter is the only one that failed? Okay. Um, 
Gunter's lagging a little behind, and all of a sudden, uh, Gunter goes down on his knees, and he's grabbing at his throat, and uh, he's choking. Uh, the rest of you sort of you turn around to try to help him and try to, to and that also, uh, after just a second, you can st- you're starting to choke as well, and thoughts are going through your head. You've you're sort of reliving the whole mission so far that you've come here looking for, you know, the, 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 the you found the arm and, and now you're going to die down here and no one's going to continue your mission. And then all of a sudden it goes away. The mist is suddenly dissipates out of the air. And it, it takes you a minute to recover your, uh, your, your stamina from the choking, but the miasma seems to have dissipated and uh, the doorway's right ahead of you. The, the, the claw-like uh, roots, they're still there, but it's not like they move or anything. You can walk right past them. And the, quickly, uh, quickly. And the statue arm is intact? Yeah, still wrapped up in your... Uh, in your cloth, <laughs> um, right. you could probably, I mean, it's kind of big, but you guys have on your winter clothes, so you can kind of tuck it in if you want to make sure yeah. <laughs> the Lorians don't see it. I'll tuck it in. All right. All right. So get out. You get to the end of the corridor, you go up, you climb back through. And we'll just say that you are now, the six of you are standing around the stairs going down. What are your plans? The Lorians are in the house at the moment. Making plans. Um, yeah, let's uh, Dorian, take take that into the guest house and uh, keep it keep it safe until we leave. We should we should uh, say our goodbyes and, and depart immediately, I think. I don't I, I kind of feel like I, we need to examine it before we leave. I told the family that uh, we would put them up in the hotel rather than have them live above this charnel house. Uh, I assume that they would like to. I would not wish to sleep over this if I were a sensitive we could, country woman. I agree. Maybe maybe put it in the boot of the car just so it can be totally out of sight. No, this is not bad. I want to get it... Uh, we can inspect it at your leisure, Dorian, but out of sight, and I want to get it into Excelsior and wrapping and into a crate as soon as possible. Yes, that's why I thought if I take it to the guest house and just have a cursory look over it now, I don't... Yeah, I'm going to object. Just be careful with it. I stay right. with Dorian, I'm, I'm not going to leave your side for this. Taking all the precautions as I would if I was examining an artifact on a dig. Or... All right, so Dorian and, and, and Theodore are heading over to the guest house. Um, what are the other four doing? Um, I, I, I like uh, Dr. Kurtz's idea that the family should be put up in the hotel and I will be more than happy to cover that expense for them if need be uh so why don't we use the car to transport them even though it's a it's a short walk but it'll 
it'll be nice to drive them down there. So uh, let's go inside the house and, and uh, talk to them about uh, retiring to the hotel. Yeah. At the moment, it's only about 630 in the evening. The sun has gone down, however. Maybe uh, we could ask him to join us for dinner somewhere as a way to pay him back. That'd be a good excuse to get them out of the house. Yeah, let's have supper in town and then they can have uh, they can stay at the hotel. Yeah, I, I will suggest perhaps that uh, I uh, and maybe one other will show uh, the good doctor what he was living over. Since he expressed some curiosity and, and then the wife <laughs> can, can pack up for the family. So they have good preparations for a few days. And then since they have some things to carry, that's good reason to use the vehicle, etc. Okay. Um, we'll say that uh, temporarily moving them to the hotel, there's no, no hitch or any problem with that. Um, they, they also go over what they need to do. They need to alert the authorities. They need to alert whoever that this archaeological dig has been found. Um, and, you know, by 7.30 or so, you've pretty much got them in place. Mm. Okay. Um, um, you still have your room tonight if you want it. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I. I feel we're gonna have to get a move on pretty quick. I mean, we know people are watching the house. We're not watching the house. Interested in it? They've sent letters. They suspect something is here. If we are all show up in the papers as having dug up this place then the people who are after this thing will know our faces and our names. I feel did, like we don't want to stick around. Did, did the letter from Wellington. Edgar, Edgar, yeah, Wellington, did, did, that, did uh, the doctor have the envelope it was mailed into? Is there a return? Has there a return address in Lausanne, yes. Huh. Yeah, it we, was on the we, letter, too. Yeah. We should take note of that yeah mm-hmm. well because of your interest let's just say he gave you the letter he didn't plan to respond after all no no uh when we come back to get dorian because you got you guys are saying to inspect the arm is that correct yep how, right. how are the roses above ground are did they turn Turn to gray dust? Or are they still uh, just dormant? When they're still dormant. Just dormant. Yeah. Okay. Nothing seems to have changed above ground. <clears throat> All right. So, um, you said you're coming back to pick up Dorian and Teddy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this like a Tarantino a little out of out of out of turn. <laughs> um, when you come back uh, to get Dorian and Teddy and they are ready to go, um, they are a little shaken and a little uh, pale, um, and this is why Dorian, you and Teddy go into the guest house, and you. 
and turn on the lights and you unwrap the arm. It's very strange. It seems to have a kind of sheen to it. And that underneath this perfectly smooth sheen, there seems to be all sorts of things, all sorts of symbols. And, and, uh, and you don't know that it's writing. Uh, it's, there's swirls and there's all sorts of bizarreness underneath that. Um, Are those letters on the knuckles? Uh, it could be something like that, some sort of magic symbols, maybe. I would like you both to do spot hidden rolls as you are staring at it. Yes. You can do it with a... Where? Which is a yeah. hard success. 24 hard. Excellent. Double hard. So you're looking at these things, and you're you're not sure, but they might be moving a little bit. Um it's a weird optical illusion, you know, as you're moving your head, that it, they seem to have definitely a kind of a pattern to them. And you suddenly realize, well, this, this shape here on the wrist, it actually looks like an arm, like a, like the, like a caricature of an arm. And that's when you start to realize that everything on the left, on this left arm, is composed of arms. They're, all the designs are made out of little, little depictions of arms. And then you look closer and you start to realize that the little depictions of arms are made out of even smaller little depictions of arms. And the more you concentrate and look at them, you can see that you start to imagine that it could be infinite. They could go on forever, smaller and smaller arms, like a fractal, though you probably don't know what a fractal is. And it, it sort of blows your mind. But then you start to notice that the patterns themselves seem to make other patterns as they're sort of twisted around there. It, it's, it's almost like the arm itself was mimicking an arm. There's a little circle of arms there that has an odd shape to it, like, like it was a naturally occurring mole on a person's arm. There's another one. There's the remnants of what almost looks like a scar. And that's when Dorian realizes that they match perfectly the dots and things on his own arm. That every, every crack, crevice, every dot, every thing on his own arm is perfectly mimicked by this thing. And that's when you notice that it's changing color it's not as purple as it was. It's more blue, kind of an aqua, aqua blue. And as you stare at it over the course of 15 or 20 minutes until Gunter shows up, it gets lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter until it turns white. And now it just looks like a porcelain arm, like a bit of statue. You also notice that where the, 
this part is, it doesn't look broken. It's just smooth. And it appears to be solid also. Dorian is just so that's when Gunter comes in and sees you just looking flabbergasted. Yeah. just silent. Hmm. He, he, he wants Gunter walks in, obviously, hey. almost back in. So he instantly just wraps it back up. Uh, Gunter. Yeah. We, we got, we got the, uh, them, them, them put up in the hotel and, and fed. Is, uh, any luck? I cannot really tell you what we just witnessed, but it'd be best to just leave it wrapped up. For now. Yeah. Well, yeah. We should be well, uh, hurrying well, out of here. Agree with Ruta that we don't want to be around here. But... Yes. Yeah. Let's get a move on. And then I'm going to take curves up on the thing and we're going to box this up and get it away <laughs> well we'll assume then that you go and join the others at their hotel at the, the hotel where they are um at some point you guys check your uh orient express schedule uh next train leaves at um 10 30 p.m from uh, uh, from Paris, you could probably make it. You could probably make it with an hour or so to spare. Uh, I'll turn the rental car and uh, make our way. I assume we wish to go up I... to Lausanne and see if this Wellington exists. Yes. Quite uh, fortunate that he would be from Lausanne, and that is the next available stop on the Orient Express. How are, hmm. we, gonna, how are we gonna transport this thing? It's, 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 something's really not right with that. You it's have steamer either. trunks. Yeah. Just for all it's worth, you all have steamer trunks. Yeah, I don't really wanna have that packed in with my clothes. Teddy, yeah. me, me and you are the only ones who've been in that most contact with it and it will stay like that. So I don't want the rest of you looking at it, please. I'm not sure I like your tone exactly, but of course at the train station we'll be able to purchase uh, you know, wooden crates and canvas sacking and other things. Yes. I want it I want it multiply wrapped and marked in a good case. I I, also I don't think it should be anyone's personal oh, no. package. I d I just don't want any of you to witness what whatever me and Teddy saw. Of course, you bited my curiosity, Damien. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. Not natural. My my normal curiosity makes me want to keep digging and looking, but I, what I saw... I think, you know, it, you know for, the, for, the, for the purpose of, of trying to uh, fulfill the uh the obligation that we're trying to do for the for the good professor yeah. that uh, it would be important for us all to be well informed and to you know for 
uh, for us to all examine it together and, and send any notes as necessary to Professor Smythe. Well, I think we should establish a protocol once we have a base of operations somewhere uh, and be mindful of the fact that these things are presumably dangerous. I'm also looking forward to getting this. Uh, is, the, is the slide with the black goo, is that stable? Or did that oh. turn into ash when the... That also turned to ash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all I will say, York, is what the arm seemed to mimic my own arm. It started getting in there. To, it, yes. If we're going to lay over cards on the table, that is why I don't want the four of you looking at it anymore. It, it, but it didn't it seem to have uh, some kind of iconography or uh, hieroglyphs on it. it. It should be important for us to study that as well. It was all arms. All arms. And it seemed to keep changing. Infinite arms. Mm. And then it's changed and mimicked. Did you say that you were in some way the worse for wear for seeing it, or merely did you fear that it might have a more of a psychological impact? It it might. It was very disturbing. Uh, I I agree with you, Dorian. I I don't want to hide things from you, but uh, if this is as dangerous as it as it is supposed to be, exposing the rest of us to it might not be good. Do you think it's more dangerous than the choking miasma that nearly trapped us under the house? I think it's a different kind of danger. I don't think it, it's probably not as dangerous as that, but the fact that I was very much out of it until Gunter walked in and snapped me back to reality. Yes, this is why I say we'll have protocols, but we'll need yeah. to photograph it, examine it, study it, learn about it. Just need it's a to be very careful. Yes, I, again, I don't think anyone sh- should touch the thing. It's an abomination. A couple of things to consider. If you box it up, wrap it up, um, are you going to trust other people to handle it and transport it? Because that's what will happen if you have it just as a package on the train. I think this is the safest way. Does that not seem reasonable? It's it an anonymous the, object. We make sure maybe we don't put it in an arm-shaped box and stamp arm on it. We just say, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, maybe there are inspection questions, though. So. Yeah, I mean, we could uh, get you some. We'll be sort crossing of, quite like, a few borders along the way. Yeah, I think no, we need to I mean, hide it in somebody's luggage. We could also maybe have it uh, labeled as. Uh, fragile medical equipment and uh and that we handle it ourselves because uh the the gorillas who would be handling our luggage normally could uh could possibly break the uh the fragile contents inside so i mean i i don't know if we'd need to come I'm market fragile and everything, but I don't think we would need to elaborate rue. We could just mark it as part of a statue, artwork, art. I mean, moving art around in Europe is not so, not some uncommon thing. Stealing yeah. artifacts from other countries is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1923, I think this is... <laughs> I'm an archaeologist. No, that can only get me so far. 
Yeah, we can we'll borrow the Elgin marbles for a few thousand years. That's all. Just pretend we're English. They do it. <laughs> it's worth considering. I, Gunter, you ship uh, your magical equipment about. This must require some sensitivity. You can't have every port of poking into your severed oh, heads. And Gunther, right. do you have a trick box with a false oh. bottom that we could? Uh... Oh, a magician never reveals his secrets, but I will say that. Yes, I do. I I don't <laughs> think that you brought your yeah. equipment with you to your. Uh, maybe we could, with your knowledge, we could we could jerry rig a uh, a steamer trunk to uh, to serve the same purpose. You everybody has steamer trunks, so yeah. But like, uh, it wouldn't be the first false bottom in a steamer trunk either. Yeah, mm. or false top, or. Let's see about, yeah, this is nothing compared to most of the luggage we have. All right. So I think that we will pick it up um, next week with you guys arriving at the train station, getting ready to board the Orient Express at 10.30 p.m. 10.33, uh, 10.53 is when it leaves. So it arrives there at 10.33 and then leaves at 10.53. Mm. The trip to Lausanne is a long one. It's 14 hours, 47 minutes. You can do some reading, perhaps, at last. And Dr. York, I think that yeah. we'll find that if you write the good doctor, that his arm and his families will improve substantially after this. We should keep an eye out for our own. Yes, indeed. Right. Um, we will pick it up then from there next week. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Stuart Lipley, Keith Craig, Josh Harwood, and John Hook with yours truly as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for our updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Raley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.